Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to Tune In, the weekly podcast series from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Aaron Lansky, and as you know, we've been talking in recent months a whole lot about a new initiative here at the Yiddish Book Center to translate much of Yiddish literature into English. My guest today has done something very different. Barry Goldstein has just released the first ever, I think, Yiddish translation of Tolkien's The Hobbit into Yiddish. Barry, welcome to the Yiddish Book Center podcast. Hi. So I'm going to start out with the first most obvious question. Why The Hobbit and why in Yiddish? Um, uh, it's a good question, and I'm not sure I can answer it. Um, <laughs> uh, other people have asked me. I mean, somebody asked me why, and I said, why not? Uh, that was in Yiddish, but still. My parents spoke Yiddish when I was growing up, but I didn't pay much attention. Uh, they sent me to a Sunday school, which I hated at the time. Um, but sometime in the middle 90s, I got interested again in Yiddish, and have been, you know, I took a course at Harvard, at Oxford, and so on, and, and just got involved in it, in, in Yiddish activities in the Boston area, and um, I found it at one, I've been translating other things, and to, to confess to laziness, um, translating someone else's works, I find it's, it's interesting and difficult enough, but it's a lot easier than thinking up things of my own to write um, as sort of a crutch. And it, I just find it very absorbing and, and interesting, especially um, things like having to think up new words for, for things that just weren't in Yiddish. Like All right, we'll talk about that in one second, but just tell me, sure. wh- what is your work in real life? What do you do when you're not translating The Hobbit into Yiddish? Uh, well, I've, I've been retired now for about a year and a half, but uh, I've been a computer programmer for God knows how long, uh, 45 years or so. Um, uh, I began to retire about four years ago when, when the, proje- the projects I had were, were you know, less than half time and then quarter time, and a year ago, March, uh, I decided that that was it. So I had more time on my hands, and, and um, it, was, it was actually a pleasure. I would, well, I have to get out of the house to do any work, so I would hang around Starbucks and for two or three hours every afternoon and, and you know, write something uh, or translate something. I translated uh, Shackleton's Endurance book, and earlier a chapter from the Lord of the Rings, the, the Tree Bear chapter from Lord of the Rings. Right. We always liked The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, although I must confess lots of the rest of Tolkien. I have trouble reading. But The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are wonderful and sort of an obvious choice if I want to, you know, uh, spend some time doing it. It, was, uh, it just drew me right in. So, you know, I, I have a bunch of questions about the translation itself, but before we get to that, can I ask you just to read a paragraph for us just so we can get a feel of the flavor uh, of it all? I, I, I could read page one if you'd like. How about, how about uh, one paragraph of page one? In a loch in the air, the hot gewoint a hobbit. Nit kein britke koitike nasa loch, ongefield mit die ecken von verem, I love it. Ganz Yiddish loch, and it's beautiful and practical and nicely done. So, so how in the world did you go about doing this? Uh, I don't know how to answer that question either. Um, I, you know, I had, I had the Hobbit open. My copy, my English copy of the Hobbit is completely disintegrated from, from uh, overuse. <laughs> yeah. I read the Hobbit paragraph by paragraph and said, the, the things I used to hate most about Yiddish class homework was, how do you say this in Yiddish? Right. Um, and this was two and a half years of that exercise. Uh, it's certainly not a word-for-word translation. That's impossible. But it's pretty close to sentence by sentence and certainly paragraph by paragraph. T- tell me um, some of the words that became that were impossible. You know, what, what well, couldn't be the, translated? But my favorite in this book was um, uh, there's a there's a whole mess of uh, of um, part. Of the, much of the story has to do with the eagles, the oddlers, and and they kept going back to their Aries, the eagles' nests, and and uh, um, 
I have a Samuels Encyclopedic Dictionary, uh, uh, English to Yiddish, and, and when I look up Aryan at it, it just says an eagle's nest, which is not, you know. But it seemed that the, the, uh, to call that just a nest wouldn't be really uh, indicative of what it is. And then it occurred to me, uh, nest, uh, a high nest, because that was the point of an airy. Um, one thing which I thought was going to drive me crazy, but it actually turned out to be quite easy, was uh, Gollum. Um, he's walking around all the time saying, uh, my precious. Right, and this, of course, is not the Jewish Gollum, but a character named G-O-L-O-M-B, right? G-O-L-L-U-M, I think. Oh, yeah. G-O, sorry, okay. Good, yeah. good, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's his, you know, the, 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 he speaks of himself as my precious. He also speaks of the ring. Um, but actually, all of a sudden, it dawned on me that's actually quite easy. I, it turned into, my precious, it turned into tire smines. <laughs> um, my, my dear thing, and, and that's got plenty of S's to make him hiss. Oh, Sivalin, I like it. I like it. So, so, you know, they say sometimes the medium is the message. I, I know The Hobbit's also been translated into Latin. Is that correct? Oh, I'm sure. I, uh, when I started talking to the Tolkien people about permission to do this, uh, they mentioned that they had just given permission for an Irish Gaelic version. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, somehow, you know, Latin or even Gaelic Latin certainly makes more sense because, of course, Tolkien knew Latin as a oh, professor sure. at, at Oxford, was it? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Oxford, yeah. Right, but I'm pretty sure he didn't know Yiddish. Uh, I would bet on that, yes. And so did the Yiddish medium in any way, you know, change the story? Did it in well, some way impart a more Yiddish sensibility to the whole work? I think it was really right to rewrite the story and Yiddish, Yiddishify it, or whatever that word is. <laughs> yes. Um, but every once in a while it got sort of funny because, you know, Gandalf will say, Schleben, I mean, you know, just some random, you know, curse, or Bilbo, Bilbo Leiden. Um, and phrases like that were much more Yiddish than they would have been uh, Tolkienish. Um, but by and large, it, it's uh, uh, I think I hope it's it's um, uh, sort of straightforward, simple prose the way Tolkien's was. So you didn't try to far Yiddish the uh, story. That was not the no, goal. no, no. I mean, that, I think that would be unfair to it. Although, um, and a bit of a culture clash, um, I, I guess. Uh, so, I, someone I know is uh, talking to me about translating Pride and Prejudice into Yiddish, and that would be even more of a culture clash. Uh, much more so, just because of yeah. the manners and the and the, the, the language yeah, yeah, of the no, whole thing, that, right? The Hobbit is is a sort of interesting adventure story and and, and sort of plausible, but uh, right. uh, early nineteenth century comedy of manners in Yiddish is is I'd really like to see it. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that one. Uh, yep. in, in the meantime, as I gather from your work on the, the Shackleton book, and I've read that you are uh, quite enamored of the literature of polar exploration, and you've actually yes. been to the Arctic. So is there any uh, connection between your, your polar travels and your fascination with Middle Earth? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> tell you, I'm sorry they're to not, just, they're not both exotic locales for you? Or? Well, uh, I think I started with the Arctic stuff from reading uh, you know, second- and third-hand accounts and then first-hand accounts of, of just coping with incredibly difficult circumstances, um, uh, which, in, which I, if, it, if there were any parallel to the Tolkien stuff, it would be more Frodo's trip than Bilbo's. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is much more harrowing than, than The Hobbit. Right. Uh, my brother's very disdainful of The Hobbit because it's just a kid's story. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, it is a kid's story. I take away the just. You know. Right. And, and who's the audience? Who's going to read this? Uh, well, when I first started this, I figured I'd have an audience in the middle, middle to low two figures. Um, and <laughs> to tell you the truth, I've, I've uh, very carefully, at the end of the year, I was going to find out how many I've sold, but I've avoided finding that out just to, not a question of being disappointed, but it's like when you're hiking and you look at your altimeter every three minutes, um, you just get frustrated. Um, so, so I, I think, um, 
there's certainly a lot of you know uh, uh, younger Yiddish activity nowadays. And in, in I know that uh, Brandeis has classes, Harvard does. The, there was a time when the average age of the Workman Circle Yiddish lecture audience was dead. Um, but uh, lately, there's been a lot more um, uh, college-age students, and I know at least four or five families that are speaking only Yiddish to their children. So um, uh, that's a, an audience. I'm not sure. I mean, the biggest bulk of Yiddish, uh, the biggest reservoir of Yiddish is, is now the ultra-Orthodox community. Yes. Um, and will you, will you crack that market? I don't know. The, the um, uh, a fellow who knows better than I about that said that, um, first of all, Jews were doing that. They might not approve of it, but it's Goyim doing it, so they can do whatever Mishigas they want. Um, and, it's, and there's almost, you know, there's essentially no mysticism or religion or anything in the Shackle and stuff. Right. The Hobbit, they may not take to that much because it's, it's certainly uh, full of magic and, and, and uh, um, uh, strange things like that. On the other hand, it's still not Jews doing it, so, so perhaps. Right, right, right. Um, I just don't know. Um, uh, I don't think I get lists of people. That I don't. I, I, I'm, I'll get the, n- the number of books sold, but they won't tell me. You know, certainly I don't. I don't want it for privacy reasons. The, the people who bought it. Right, but it should be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, you know, we've had something like. Oh, probably getting on to 400,000 downloads of Yiddish books from our digital library over the last mm-hmm. three or four years. So there's clearly far more demand out there for Yiddish yeah. than, than we ever expected. And, and we're certain that some of that, at least, is coming out of the Hasidic world, perhaps uh-huh. surreptitiously, but it's coming out of the Hasidic world yeah. nonetheless. Oh, so, yeah. so who knows what doors you've opened here? I, I, well, I hope so. I mean, you know, I, 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 I certainly don't, uh, if I had a day job, I wouldn't give it up for the, for the returns from this book. But, and it was certainly a, a labor of love, although I would have been you know, disappointed if it just stopped there. Right. Um, well, it's on my be, bedside table, Barry, so I'll, I'll be oh, reading good. it. And <laughs> I'm already looking forward. So, uh, the, the Tolkien people were very nice about, uh, about permissions and, and you know, no great expense up front. Um, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next. The, the Lord of the Rings stands there as an obvious choice. Um, so that's uh, a much bigger project, though. You're talking about three volumes, well, right? And well, one book at a time, please. Yes, I don't know if I'll live long enough to do all three. <laughs> um, uh, and someone else suggested the Harry Potter books, um, uh, or at least the first one. I think the Lord of the Rings is about 1,200 pages, which is like four hobbits. Right. Uh, the, the seven Harry Potter books are enormous, um, uh, uh, something like 4,500 pages. But, but I could start with the first one if they give me permission, um, just so, to, so, to, again, just to keep me busy and do something I really like doing. So what's his Yiddish name? Uh, Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Not Herschel, huh? Uh, no, well, I, I still, I don't, believe me, I don't know what to do with Gryffindor and other names like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, some some Hobbit, things may be best left untranslated. Yeah, well, yeah. In, in the Hobbit, if if something meant something, I translated it. So Mirkwood became Chmarnevald. Um <laughs> But if it, if it was just like, Hobbit, it's just Hobbit. I mean, if it if it didn't really mean anything, or I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, was too stupid to know what it meant. Uh, basically, it got transliterated. What's what's your actual work process? How do you do it? How do you um, go about it? Well, I, first I put the poems away for later because they drove me crazy. Right. Uh, they rhyme, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so I'd say, I just, you know, the, the first pass was just plowing through the book and coming up with something. And, and uh, then I got very drunk when I finished the whole book. Uh, <laughs> but then I, re- I think I reread it and reworked it, finding typos and rewriting things. Um, do, you work on a, more times. do you work on a computer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can. I can type uh, in Yiddish in the Microsoft Word uh, or open or open Office. The the word processors uh, 
those two word processors were let, with, a, with a keyboard handler would let me type Yiddish. And do you have a stack of Yiddish dictionaries with you in Starbucks while you're doing this? Uh, well, I, uh, I, uh, the other project I've been working on that also finished, I have much too much time on my hands now, is the new uh, comprehensive English-Yiddish dictionary. Oh, yes, your uh, colleague Harry Bachner and uh, Solomon Bainfield. And Solomon Bainfield, right? yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, well, we thought it was going to be printed this month. I think it's coming out now in January. Right. Um, um, and I have that online. I have a, a test version online, so I can look that up. And I actually have, um, yeah, I, I have a, a completely disintegrated copy of Weinreich with me. Um, and and uh, I, I also have uh, some uh, some of uh, Mordechai Schechter's uh, uh, drafts of English to Yiddish uh, for for neologisms and stuff like that. And, uh, and do you create do you create neologisms of your own? Right, yeah, well, like like Hoichnest and 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 things things like that. Yeah, um, not so much in The Hobbit as in uh, God help me in Shackleton, which <laughs> had so much. Uh, uh, nautical jargon that that which is which is you know, obscure in English, never mind in Yiddish. Well, you um, are definitely bringing Yiddish where it's never gone before. There are no two ways about well, it. Well, uh, the, the the Shackleton was uh, my my uh, Yiddish teacher when I was at the Yiva program. Uh, Leah Robinson um, suggested, and I did it for the Shackleton thing. Um, every time I, I coined a word in the Shackleton translation, I, I footnoted it. Um, uh, just to make it easy to, if somebody wanted to make a glossary from it or, or, or correct my words, you know, that's... Uh, that's uh, wonderful. I, wow. I added only two or three footnotes to The Hobbit besides... Uh, Tolkien had one footnote in there, which is sort of strange. I don't know. It didn't, he didn't really need it, but, but if he's going to have one, I had three or four of my... two or three or four of my own. <laughs> and what do you think Tolkien would have made of this whole project? Uh, I, <laughs> I hope he would uh, you know, be at least mildly amused. <laughs> <laughs> what did the uh, Tolkien people say when you called up and suggested Yiddish? Did they do a double take, or did they, uh, you know, receive that with the British well, equanimity they, on a reserve? They, they had sort of been forewarned because I I got permission when I did the Treebeard chapter, the Boimbord. Right. Um, uh, that was actually sort of funny. The the first person I I found uh, and emailed wrote me back saying he would pursue it for me if I'd like, but they he said they're very stingy with permissions, except for excerpts of three hundred words or fewer. And I said, please do, you know, uh, uh, follow up for me because I don't want to have to pick out my favorite 300 words. <laughs> and, and it took two or three more emails, but they weren't. That was just one chapter, and they, they basically just gave me permission with no, no conditions, no money, no terms. And you couldn't hear uh, the eyebrows uh, being raised as you yeah. uh, presented the idea well, of Yiddish. Then, I, I, again, if, uh, the advice of, of Leah Robinson before I started this thing, she said, perhaps you should see if it's already been done. <laughs> And so I, I, I took about five emails just to find someone who still worked there from the, the contacts I had had from the Boimbord uh, translation. And they were, they said, oh, that's very interesting. Sure, great. No one's done it yet. Um, uh, we hadn't talked then about permissions. That was, that was you know, two and a half years ago. So, uh, but the letter was positive enough that I figured I wasn't wasting my, you know, my time yeah, on sure. just a labor of love. It's fantastic. So have you ever thought of translating in the opposite direction and going from uh, you know, Yiddish into English? Occasionally, I, uh, actually, I almost a uh, 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 friend of my son. A friend, uh, it's very complicated. Um, uh, through my son, I almost got a, uh, actually a paying job translating somebody's um, uh, short stories in, into English, but it never panned out. Um, I'm, I'm not averse to that, but I sort of liked going into Yiddish better. Um, um, uh, I suppose for the sake of Yiddish, although that you know Yiddish is, is not really a dying language, even if there's not that much modern literature written in it. 
Wow. Right, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's an old tradition, though, of course. Uh, you know, Mendel Forum, the, the Zader of Yiddish literature, mm-hmm. one of his first works was the Luftballon, a translation of Jules Verne into Yiddish. Uh-huh, yes. I, well, I actually, I just pulled it out to read it, just, just for uh, something else to read. Um, I have a translation of Huckleberry Finn. Really? Yiddish. I've never seen that. Who did it? Uh, it's, it's, he's very modest, because it doesn't... I, I had to look around for the... Uh, wait, let me, it's right here. Um, Yiddish... Um, a man named uh, E. Uh, Kipnis. That's all it says. Oh, yeah, significant writer. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Heckle, so, Heckleberry Finn. Well, if he could you know, handle all the uh, American slang of Huckleberry yeah. Finn, I think it makes Tolkien look like a piece of cake. Well, that's, why I would, that's sort of what I was interested in, just to see someone else's translation work. I, have a, uh, I got it from your archive, a, a, a Yiddish translation of uh, an Arctic expedition, I think in the late 1800s, with... Um, Johansson and Nansen, who tried to, to freeze his boat into the ice and, and drift across the North Pole. Um, and it, it, it was very, it's a wonderful story. I had read it in English, and what I found fascinating from a translator's point of view was that I have an English, it was originally a Norwegian, and I have an English version of it. I had it a long time ago. And <laughs> I would compare that to the Yiddish translation. And it's the same story, although in some inconsequential details, it's different. I mean, at one point he says that the, the, the ice conditions were such that it was easy to get into the harbor, and in the other version it says it was easy to get out of the harbor. Um, I don't know if the, if the uh, English translator didn't know his Norwegian or the Yiddish translator didn't know his Norwegian, <laughs> but, but it was really interesting from, from a trade point of view, from a, you know, a translator's point of view, just to, to see you know, how, how uh, I don't know, flexible is not the right word, but, but uh, there are choices to be made and, and sometimes misunderstandings, I guess. Yeah, I once heard a lecture by Isaac Bashevis Singer, and he talked about how he uh, you know, used to rely on others to translate his work and eventually became involved in the translations himself. Yeah. And the example he gave, he said he had a book in which he had a character say, um, She cried out like a woman in, in labor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so someone was preparing a Hebrew translation. But the Hebrew translator didn't know Yiddish, so had to work off of the English translation. Uh-huh. And he saw the sentence, she cried out like a woman in labor, and he translated into Hebrew as, she crowd, cried out like a woman in the histadrut, like a woman in the Hebrew labor movement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the possibilities for misunderstanding a legion. Yes, yeah. Well, a little bit of research would have helped there, yeah. Um, I, was, I was, I actually, I felt, I, I, I was nervous, because after I had finished this whole thing, I discovered, I, I, I guess I should have looked sooner, um, uh, a book called The Annotated Hobbit, and, and another book which was basically a, 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 a literary criticism of the Hobbit chapter by chapter. And, and um, I was very pleased, if not to brag, but the, the criticism book, I think if, the, if that English professor could read Yiddish, I think he could say the same things about the translation. Um, so it, it, was, it was very true to the Tolkien in that sense. I mean, all the points he made, you know, uh, I, could, I could see them in my version. The only thing that still drives me crazy is um, uh, when Smog the dragon destroys the town. Right. Um, um, uh, the first thing the townspeople do when they hear the dragon coming is they destroy the bridge to the town. The town is built out in the middle of a lake. Yeah. And, and when, when Smog appears there and sees the bridge destroyed, Smog gets even angrier than he was already. Um, now, what still puzzles me about this, and I could, maybe I have to ask Tolkien or his son or grandson, um, the dragon can fly. Why does the dragon care about the bridge? Um, uh, the, the annotated hobbit doesn't even notice this puzzle. It just, you know, <laughs> blindly goes on. And the other one uh, sort of 
dramatizes that it is a puzzle because he has a sentence in there which reads something to the effect of, I suppose that Tolkien meant to say that the dragon would have preferred a firm ground under him while he destroyed the town. <laughs> and that's, that's why, I don't know, four levels of presumption in there? I don't know. It's just, it's just I mean, he clearly sees that there's a problem here, um, but, but has no explanation for it. Um, that was one of the footnotes I put in. I love it. Sounds almost Talmudic. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this is fantastic. So for our uh, many listeners who are going to want to run out and grab a copy of this book, where do they go? Uh, okay, well, let me, let me uh, I get you the URL. Uh, they can go to Amazon and search for Der Hobbit in English letters. Okay, but, uh, Der Hobbit on Amazon.com. Or... I, I can give you a, let me get the, the, the other URL here. That'll work. I, I did that today for somebody because I didn't remember the other URL. Okay. Um, uh, this one is, it's not that hard, although it's got a big number in it. Um, here we go. Uh, www.createspace, all one word, C-R-E-A-T-E-S-P-A-C-E dot com uh, slash 408-4101. All right, I agree with you. It might be easy to remember Amazon.com and Der Hobbit. Der Hobbit, yeah. Der Hobbit finds more than my book, including a Spanish translation. But, <laughs> um, but it's there about three or four down. Fantastic. Well, listen, Barry Goldstein, thank I you. want to say Yasha Koyach, and thank you for this. Uh, oh, yeah, Shane Dank. Yeah, a labor of love and uh, quite an extraordinary innovation in the annals of Yiddish literature. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> and I look forward to inviting you back when uh, the, when the uh, whole trilogy comes out. Okay, von mein Moyle und Gott You've been listening to a podcast from the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit yiddishbookcenter.org slash audio. Our producer is Agnieszka Ilvitska. I'm Aaron Lansky. Sei mir stark und gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon. <laughs>